Welcome to Sealed, a Bible study podcast. I'm Tyler Seal. And I'm Shiloh Seal. We'd like to welcome you back. We've just completed our first two books of the Bible, First and Second Thessalonians. Go back and check out those episodes. Share them with a friend. And I don't know about all of you, but I was very blessed by it. It's been a wonderful conversation. It's been a fun ministry alongside my wife. And we're actually going to do something a little different this time. We're going to begin a topical study. And the topic is our identity in Christ. I believe we do have a dysfunctional church, and it may very well be rooted in a lack of identity. And there's tons of reasons for this. It's not like I'm pointing fingers. It's not a, your pastor's doing it wrong thing. It's not a denominational thing. It is a, well, there's a lot to discuss in it. But for this first one, what we're going to try to break down is kind of a method of study, like what we plan on doing. We won't be going through a book of the Bible start to finish. Rather, we're going to challenge you to pull out your Bibles and to surf through Scripture with us and find, find the gems where God tells you who you are. And the stories where God walks a man or woman through who they are. And hopefully through that process, you'll become more rooted in your Bible. You'll be able to navigate it smoother, quicker, better. And you'll also start to internalize and accept what it means to be born again and to be given a new identity. And in this one, I'll just brag on my wife for a moment. She's actually really, really good at these topical studies. She puts in a lot of time and effort, and she reads her Bible relentlessly. So for this series, I'm going to do my best to take more of a backseat role. And I'll be reading scriptures alongside you. I'll be, you know, putting in my two cents where I think it's necessary. But as an anointed teacher, I'm going to give her the lead on this because I believe she's put more time in. And I believe she's, she's an excellent teacher. Well, I'm completely panicking now. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I, I like the other plan where I just get in where I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fit in right in the front in this one. So I guess I'll just well, start with, I don't know, what I looked at as kind of a, a decent starting point. And it's Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. Amen. Now that's not an all-encompassing verse that explains your identity in Christ. I just felt like it's a Go to places any to start. The Holy Spirit himself says you are a child of God. And if you're a child of God, that means you are a joint heir to everything that Jesus is an heir to. That's right. Which 
is the entire universe and all things in it. It's a, it's a big inheritance you have coming. Mm -hmm. And there's been a down payment made here in this present life. And that is the most valuable part of that entire giant treasure. Like you don't own planets, you don't own gold, you don't own all that. You own access to the Holy Spirit. That was your down payment to prove that you are a joint heir. And that's how the Spirit himself bears witness. Yeah. If you're able to access the Holy Spirit and he speaks to you and he convicts you and he convinces you and he helps you and he guides you and he stops you when you need to stop, like that is a proof that you are a joint heir with Jesus. Mm -hmm. that, that could be a decent jumping off point for what it means to have an identity rooted in Christ. Yeah, the first thing I'm I'm thinking of is if that completely um is is not understood by any listener like you don't know what he's talking about then I would even say the starting point would be before that have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because everything that's going to come in this study, it it's based on the foundation of you have received Christ as your Savior. And therefore and, the Holy Spirit. And therefore the Holy Spirit, right? And so if, if you don't feel those things, you don't have those things, what he just described, then then pray with us. Pray with us right now. I pray every person right now who's under the sound of my voice, if you do not know that Jesus is your Lord, if you have not made him Lord of your life, that even right now the Holy Spirit would prick your heart and that right now, today, in this moment would be the moment where you give your life to him, where you lay down everything that was and you become anew, that you let him fill you and lead you and take over and that you make him Lord of your life that you know that he died for your sins and that he rose again and you give it you lay it all down and you let him take the lead and i pray that you pray that with me in jesus mighty name yes, amen. and so okay i'm a new believer congratulations I just, right Welcome i just accepted to the blood. jesus yay <laughs> so now what does that mean well let's get into the scripture and let's see what that means so so the first thing in this verse comes to my mind all the time, and just forgive me because you'll never stop hearing me say it, but um, in Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So for one, we're talking about identity in Christ. You're his people. We're his people. I'm his people. You're his people. And I don't want to perish for a lack of knowledge. So that's convicting. The Holy Spirit there convicts me and pricks me and says, then don't yeah. get into my word. There's a solution. And know me. And, and I mean, I feel like that's a good place too, to just point out, I love the word of God. I, I soak in the word of God. I, I, I want to be washed by the word, like the word says, right. But it's important that it doesn't just become a thing that we do. Oh, I read my five chapters a day. Oh, I do my devotions. Oh, I read my verse. I get my little verse notification. I, I check my box. I check my box. Like knowing his word, he says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Knowing his word is different than just knowing where to find it, being able to quote it. It's, it's in, 
It's becoming part of your cell makeup, like living it and breathing it. And, and you'll know if you know his word, because it, it doesn't just come out in your words. It literally will begin to come out in the way you respond in situations. Yeah. A life verse is something you believe. It's something you cherish and live by. Like it, it takes effect in your day. It takes effect in your week. It's not just something you've memorized. It's something you live by. And Amen. there are verses in this study that we'll go through that, you know, being honest, I looked up because it had a lot to do with an identity in Christ. There's other verses that I put down because I know that from the beginning of my walk, it held a place of power mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. I was not raised in the church. Right. I came to faith, you know, in my mid to late 20s. And I had to completely undo who I was. Mm -hmm. I had to die. I had to crucify my old nature. Amen. And I had to become a new creation. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very terrifying prospect. But I was at least wise enough to realize I could not wander this earth with no identity. And I certainly couldn't go back to my old identity. Right. One of the verses that my family cherished early on is Philippians 4.13. Mm -hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I can't tell you how many times in the middle of the battle, <laughs> in the middle of a struggle, in the middle of childbirth heavy lifting <laughs> yeah in the middle of childbirth that verse was spoken over us that mm -hmm. verse was what we clung to mm -hmm. and all means all i can do all things through christ yeah. there is no limit to what you can accomplish when you set your old identity aside and yeah. you know you're just his open vessel mm -hmm. and he can do all things and he can use me to accomplish it yeah and we were very young Christians when we came upon that verse and it, it became a memory verse. And I'm not saying like the second we became Christians, we had it all figured out, but we praise the Lord that early on out. we came across that one. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> I mean, I've chanted that verse while pushing cars up hills. My yeah. wife has chanted that verse while pushing <laughs> out 10 pound babies. It has been a journey. Yeah. Philippians 4.13 it's a special one to us. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing too. And like, I, I'm thinking probably that's a really common verse for Christians. Like, I think we all hear that verse and we're like, yeah, I love that verse. That's my verse, you know? And it's important to know and to get into his word and see how, um, how the verses apply to your life, how God uses his word to minister to you and develop that. Um, we call I call it like, Oh, the Lord was winking at me, you know, and sometimes little things will happen or a little um, plug to a verse or something, uh, a little plug to a song, something like that. And it's like, oh, the Lord was winking at me. And it's like this special, playful thing that God does to get my attention. But how he gets my attention is different than how he gets Tyler's attention. And it is going to be different than how he gets um, all of you, our listeners, how he gets your attention but he knows you and he, he knows you well you. 
He wants to use you in a unique and special way Mm -hmm. because there are people that as you walk, you will encounter. And he has put them and you in just such a time as that. And he's equipping you, even in your past life. Some of the darkness I went through seemed senseless. Mm -hmm. It seemed pointless until I spotted that darkness in somebody else. And I recognized what it was. I I recognized that angry young man as like, I've been there. Mm -hmm. And God's walked me through it. And now I can minister to this person. Yeah. And maybe nobody else could have. And it's not because of me. It's not a special gift I have. It's the Lord walks you through things and he will use those things for his glory. That's right. If you let him. And so you share your testimony with this person. You share your story of struggle. And maybe you guide them into the light. Maybe you get to help God bring them to a saving knowledge. Or maybe you just get to be a good human being and help somebody out and have a little empathy. And and some people will not receive the gospel from me, but they'll receive it from you. And so we each have this work to do. It's, it's never mentioned anywhere in the Bible that it is specifically your pastor's job to share the gospel. It's his job to edify and equip the saints. Like he builds you up so that you can go and share the gospel more efficiently. But Jesus called on all of us to go forth and share the good news. Mm -hmm. And I believe that he's put you in particular positions throughout your life. And you've crossed paths with people that need you. That's right. Yeah. And in um, Revelation 12, 11, I love this verse. It's another one that the Lord ministered to me very early in our walk. And it was one that I memorized early because it came up over and over and over. But it says, and they overcame him. Him is referring to the devil. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. And it's, it just goes with what you're saying that it's so important that we are willing to share our testimony and even, um, because it's the blood that goes before us and then the word of our testimony, no one can argue with your testimony. They just can't like, there's nothing you can like, I could tell you my testimony, but you can't change my testimony. My testimony is mine. It is what the Lord and I, it's our journey. It's what happened. And he knows it. And I know it. And when you share that, and especially I think we're in this culture and this generation and there's so much wickedness on the earth right now. And I'm not saying that there wasn't always, and I'm not, you know, trying to bash the culture right now, but, but if you don't look around and see that there is an evident, um, evil plot amidst, right. That there is, there is wickedness prevailing on the earth and, and he is, the Lord is pouring out his spirit and he is saving, he's saving drug addicts from alleys. He's saving, um, he's saving so many different people from so many different walks of life for his glory. Yeah. He never saves one of us to just, so we can just sit there and put our lamp under a bushel. Right. It says, it says to be a light to the world. You set it up on a hill that it would shine out. And so once you're saved, you share your testimony, you share what God uh, saved you from, and you share about his glory in your life, what he's done. And sometimes it's 
okay, let me tell you about my conversion. And sometimes it's, let me tell you what God did yesterday in my life. Let me tell you what he did this morning in my life. Like we need to be a people that testifies, that testifies and testifies and just shares the goodness of God because the world needs it. We're in a hopeless generation and we carry the hope. And as far as, you know, I don't want to bash the culture or the church, but I do want to say, if one of the reasons you struggle to share your testimony is because you're just not comfortable speaking to strangers or speaking publicly, you know, part of the Lord's formula was to send them out two at a time. That's right. To send them out in groups. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to do this alone, but you also need to recognize there's elements of that old personality that are also supposed to be crucified. It's not just your sin that goes on the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't speak is something Moses said. He didn't get away with it. That's right. Gideon looked around for somebody else because surely God wasn't calling him a mighty man of valor. He was just a boy hiding in a, hiding in a wine press, but he was talking to Gideon. He was speaking to Moses and they did have a mighty part in God's plan. And so do you. That's right. If there's no excitement when you're sharing the good news of the gospel, read it again. Could you miss something? Mm -hmm. It is the most amazing story that has ever happened on this planet or ever will. And you are a part of it. Like your conversion, even if it just happened at the beginning of this episode, is a bona fide miracle. Yeah. And what the Bible says is the angels watch as all heaven, all the saints in heaven rejoice. They're throwing a fiesta right now because you came to faith. They are calling you by name and they are rejoicing. And you're going to be with them one day. And that's worth getting excited about. And so when I struggle to share, a lot of times it's because, well, I, I just assume the culture doesn't want any part of this, or I just assume they've all heard it and they haven't heard it from me. Right. They haven't heard it from you. They haven't seen the light in your eyes. And you would be surprised how often there's a positive response. How often, like, you won't even know how much I just needed to hear that. And like, yeah. Oftentimes you end up thinking you're sharing with somebody some new bit and what it turns out to be is a confirmation of everything they've ever known. And they are trying to get back to the Lord or they've had several people miraculously come to them and give them something. And then sure enough, you come and you share the good news that Jesus Christ died for their sins Mm -hmm. and he was born again and he's invited them into brotherhood. and. I don't know. I get excited about that. And it's not just for pastors. I know that like a lot of people assume that a pastor is the best one equipped to share the gospel. That's not really what church is for. Right. Church is not for the good news. It's for, it's for building you up. It's for strengthening you. It's to, it's to bolster you in the hard times and in the hard seasons. And there's nothing wrong with an altar call. Or if God puts it on a pastor's heart to share the gospel, 
I generally believe it's because somebody in the room needs to hear it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think what you're saying is that it isn't for the gospel, although that is what you said, but more just that the focus is, is that the people that are gathered are the believers. Yeah. That's the church. The church is the body of the believers. And so. Well, even when a gospel message is given, consider the possibility that what your pastor is doing is equipping you with a message for you to share. Mm -hmm. Like if everybody in your church is believers and some of us go to small churches where, you know, if you ask on a Sunday, Hey, does everybody here know the Lord? Every hand goes up. So if the Lord put it on his heart to share the good news that Christ is risen, that he died for your sins, that you were a sinner, you know, a message like that, I would think, spiritually speaking, has only a couple purposes. Either somebody in the room is lying and God put it on his heart to share the gospel because somebody has not accepted the Lord yet, or he's giving you a tool. He's showing you how to preach the good news mm -hmm. and how to go forth and then do that thing. Because it's every Christian's duty to do it. And it's not a box you get to check. Right. It's not like, well, I have shared the gospel. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, really? Have you done it today? Well, that was while you were talking. I was thinking, man, that's a great question. It's like, when's the last time you preached the gospel to someone? Yeah. Like, just. And I don't mean, be don't scared of to... the word preach. It's not. It doesn't come with a finger in their face. You don't loom no. over somebody. It's preaching is sharing. It's. It's a mix of teaching and testifying, but it's all it really is, is having a talk, but surrendering yourself to the Lord before the talk. That's what preaching is. If I'm going to share a message from the pulpit, there's only two ways you can go about it. You can craft your own message and you can go forth and you can do your best, or you can say, I surrender all Lord. Use my mouth. Use me as your vessel. And you share something with these people and then you pray into it and you lean into it and God will give you what to share and he will walk you through it. And, and the same goes, that goes for us as believers every day yeah. of our lives. Like wake up and go to him and say, Lord, I want to be used by you today. How do you want to use me? Like prepare the hearts that I'm going to speak to Lord, prepare me to have the words that are going to confirm the things that you're already telling them, Lord, show me God that I could, um, that I could just be a part of your plan. And, and I would love to just mention right there, intentional prayers like that, they are met with a response in heaven. And not only that, but it puts your own brain on, on alert. Mm -hmm. And I was just discussing this with my brother. He, he literally just told us a story where he woke up and he said, Lord, let me be a blessing to someone today. Yeah. And because he had prayed that his mind was searching for that person mm -hmm. and he didn't know what the blessing would be. He didn't know who the person would be, but he was intentionally seeking who it is that the Lord's going to put before him to be a blessing to. And sure enough, he found him and it's a beautiful story. If you're intentional in your prayers like that, you will put yourself on alert and you'll be looking. If you pray in the morning, Lord, yeah. send me another one to share the gospel yeah. with, you would be amazed. Mm -hmm. I would say 
100% of the time he comes through and somebody in your day gets to hear the good news. And it doesn't have to be a battle. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It's, it's sharing good news. Right. You know, it's like in World War II, when the war ended, it didn't matter if you were a lefty paper or a right-leaning paper. Every paper had the same headline. The war is over. Because that's good news. Mm -hmm. And every single newsboy and every single person was running around with a smile on their face, having ticker tape parades saying, did you hear the good news? The war is over. The boys are coming home. Yeah. If it's good news, everybody's able to share it in a real brief moment. Like it, it doesn't take an exhaustive walk through. And also, I think another thing, just while we're talking about this, is sometimes I think we can, especially early in my walk, I know, like you kind of are reserved. You're like, I'm not equipped enough to share. Like, I don't really know how to word it properly that it's going to, um, you know, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up, God, you know, but like, it's okay to just if all you know is Jesus, just tell them about Jesus. Yep. <laughs> just tell them what he did in your life, right? And and pray with them. And if they have a question and you're like, if you're scared, like for me, when I was new in the faith, it was like, I don't know. What if they ask me a question? I'm not good because I've never read my Bible. I don't know. Like, I was a brand new Christian. I started a Matthew. Like, I don't know. Well, it's okay to not know. The thing is, when you don't know, tell them. Tell the person, if they have a question that you don't know, say, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to try to find out. Can I get your name and your phone number? Can I get, you know, connect with them? Find the answer. Go to wherever you have to go to. Go to your word. Go to prayer. Go to the pastor at your church. Find a church that preaches the Bible. Go to him. Go, I mean, message us. I don't know. Mess like, do whatever's going to work for you to get the answer. And then be intentional to go back to them with the answer. Yeah. I think it's one of the smartest things you can do is accept that part of your new identity is, I don't know everything. Yeah. And just accept that now. It's hard for some of us guys, but it makes things easier mm -hmm. to just realize I don't have every answer. And I'll also say that apologetics mm -hmm. is a bit different than preaching the good news, sharing the gospel, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't have to be as well equipped as you would like to be to just share the gospel. That is the call. Some people are called to apologetics and then that's, that's giving a well thought out and truthful biblical defense of the things you believe. Sometimes that's required in evangelism. And I can't wait to walk us through some of those adventures, but they're different things. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I point that out is because I've seen, I've seen people turn the good news into bad news or mm -hmm. at least start it that way. Yeah. You know, it's true to say that everybody's a sinner and that is why you need Christ. That's why he had to sacrifice himself, but it's not really good news to share. Like if you walk up to somebody, shake their hands and say, Hey, you know, you're evil and going to hell, right? That's not good news. That's not, not the best either. jumping off point. But I think that's become like a tool that a lot of us use. And I'm not saying it won't come up in conversation. I'm not saying that's not part of the gospel. It may very well, you know, the first question they ask takes you right down that road. 
But the good news is we are redeemed. Mm -hmm. And everybody is invited into this. It's not about election. It's not, it's not about free will. It's all have been given access to the road. The fact that the road is narrow is a different story. But there is a way to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And it's open for everyone who chooses to receive him. Yeah. And that's good news. Yeah, amen. There's all kinds of apologetics and evangelism that is also separate from the good news. This group study, um, what we're going to do is we're going to look at who does he say we are, right? So we're going to go through the scriptures and we're going to look into the different things he calls us. And, um, and that way we can begin to root our identity in who God says we are and let all of that old man who we thought we were, who we were before him fall off and truly become the new man that he says we are in him. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to pray us out and I hope you'll join us as we continue in this study tomorrow. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together, God. We just thank you for showing up. Lord, I pray for any person who gave their life to Christ today, Lord. We just praise you for that, God. We just, we exalt your name and lift you up, Lord. And we just pray, Father, that you would put um, some good biblical um, counsel in their life, Lord. Help them find a church, God. Help them get to a, to a, um, to a church family, God, that will help lift them up and disciple them in Christ, God. We thank you for the work that you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.